This is the Dear Warren Podcast. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to uh, an experimental version of the Dear Warren Podcast. I have Jessica with me. Hello. Hello. Hi, hon. Hi. We are attempting something. The code name of it right now is Warren's Announce Table. And what we are currently watching is tonight's WWE Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Uh, professional wrestling has a special place in my heart. And uh, I guess both our hearts. Mm-hmm. We have been to more um, professional wrestling events live than we have, I guess, music concerts. I think that's true. And so this would probably be a way where we get to unwind after a long weekend and uh, watch a little entertainment, sports entertainment, as they like to label it, as well as talk about whatever. How are you, hon? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm hanging in there. It was, uh, it was a long weekend. It was. It was. We did quite a few things, didn't we? We did. We had the podcast with Bernie. We mm-hmm. were running around with family. And I'm just tired. And, and Warren himself was having quite the night tonight. Yeah, uh, there was a situation. So admittedly, I wasn't my best self about an hour ago. Um, Anybody can attest to those times where it seems like in a very short amount of time, everything that possibly can go wrong uh, seems to go wrong. And wrong meaning pandemonium and in a household with big dogs and little babies and hot water and um, cooking. Well, cooking, just all the sort of things that could possibly go wrong. And if a... Just to... Uh, we did not up. burn our child. <laughs> we did not boil the baby. <laughs> no, no, the baby, the baby is fine, relatively. Um, uh, anybody who has a dog knows of a term called zoomies, and uh, when you have a large dog, zoomies can be quite uh, abrupt and um, large movements of big dogs and small houses with little babies uh, can be problematic. So he speared Warren in the face. <laughs> Like Roman Reigns. He did. He did. Uh, was it his snout or what happened? He he had eaten and, every you know, dogs get excited after they eat. And uh, he jumped, you know, running start jumped on his bed. So we have an elevated mm-hmm. platform bed uh, for, Warren, uh, for Warren, you hear me, for Hobbs to keep him off of the ground. So he runs, zoomies, jumps, the bed slides, knocks Warren right in the face. Warren screams. Bam cries he's fine it was not that bad chair shot uh chair shot spear to, to the, the cage, face to the face which is illegal in uh they find you now in wwe if you, really? if you do chair shots to the head why concussion cte mm. they were they were they were on concussions in cte prior uh, even before the nfl apparently now really so, but so you know they still the- they still don't address cte as, as much I, I think they're starting to so that's why you see a lot more like safer bumps. You don't see pile drivers. You don't really see a lot of things where they try to drop them on their heads. See, when I think chair shots to the head, I think McFoley. Oh, yeah. Just, I mean, th- thousands had to have been. Pretty close. And it looks like we're opening up the pay-per-view with the New Day. I don't know what the matches are. I haven't been keeping up. I know that eventually... I think the main event is going to be Shane McMahon versus uh, Kevin Owens. I think they're going to be in Hell in a Cell. Which generally means it's going to be a 
okay match until Shane does something absolutely ridiculous from absolutely a, a high height, and then we forget about the mediocrity. He's that... gonna he's gonna do something that's gonna put CTE to shame, or, oh, geez, or further inf- inflict more CTE oh, to himself. Stop. Terrible. Well, he they, they you said there's a wellness policy, so WWE has come a long way. I feel they in their have. protection of their assets or actors in this case. Um, is that not cool to say that sports entertainers, sports entertainers, I apologize. Please don't sue me. WWE. They've come a long way based on the news of how many of their, uh, sports entertainment employees or contractors, might I add, um, violate the wellness policy. It seems with quite regularity. So are all three of them going? Well, no, they always do two, right? Yeah. They do something called the free bird rule. Which means that even though there are three members of the team, any two of them can actually participate in the match. And it looks like whoever's wearing the belts are doing it. So it looks like Xavier Woods and Big E are going to be. I like Big E's like David Bowie jacket. Full length, collar. Ex- uh, describe the colors for Warren. We have uh, fuchsia, right? And uh, like a neon blue. Is fuchsia another way? uh, What is that? Like pink. Right. It's like a pink purple. We got sparkles. It's pretty loud colors. Oh, is that a a gamepad on the side? Like a Nintendo gamepad? Harken back to... It looks like like the power glove. Well, also too, wasn't Xavier Woods just uh, at New York Comic Con? And didn't he win... He won some video oh, game he? tournament. I believe he did. You have the Chromebook next I to you. Do, you I feel, do. Feel free to utilize it. Uh, um, only Jess gets to use the Chromebook and Google things. Because <laughs> uh, I, I can't remember the name of anything. <laughs> all other guests, have to. We, we go about it on our normal show without even looking anything up, so we sound like morons. While everyone else gets to Wikipedia things and then at Twitter at, at people, like, no, that's not how you spell your, it's your... Something like that. So you're saying I, I would sound less idiotic because I get to Google? No. You just... you The, the Chromebook just happened to be right there. <laughs> so you, we might as well use it. Okay. So I was wrong. Uh-huh. Kofi Kingston wins WWE and IGN's eSports Showdown, Ooh. which took place in New York City, which I'm guessing was at New York Comic Con because it was this past weekend. Uh, what, what did he do? What event was it? Or um, what game? What game? I, I'm, if I'm figuring, finding out. Marvel? Mm, that doesn't make sense. It does. It's probably like one of those fighter games, like uh, where the X-Men, like Wolverine gets to fight Storm and then combines so, with Street Fighter. Is it like Marvel versus Capcom? Yes. Marvel versus Capcom Infinite Tournament. So, yeah. Sounds exactly like that. And Xavier Woods himself, uh, the reason why you see that uh, gaming pad on his on, on the side, they're very big games. He has his own... Uh, gaming channel on YouTube was it up, up, down, down, mm-hmm. where you see a lot of the uh, superstars backstage. Side note: I kind of really like what they did with the Usos. Oh yeah, I mean they went they from like to. neon. Were they faces? Technically, I mean yeah. everyone was a face yeah. at some point. It seems, but, but they were overly pushed as faces, which they had to. Their style was so crowd pleasing. When you have a very high flying, uh, crowd pleasing, athletic, uh, flashy style as the Usos do. Um, you you have to. It, it's normally combined with being faces or slash good guys mm. because you get the audience to cheer. You can't if you do super athletic moves and they look flashy and, and you go ooh and it's impressive. Uh, why would you want to cheer like if there's supposed to be like a bad guy? You know. Mm-hmm. So 
in, and not only did they change the look on them, as, as you can see, as you hearkened, that they were normally they, they come out in like neon green mm-hmm. uh, face paint. They come out with that. Um, what is that? That Samoan that that the Haka, ha- the Haka, the yeah. Haka chant. Now they don't even do that. They come out just strutting uh, darker um, clothing. The black red combo. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I think their style is a lot more ground based. It's, it's a little more brutal. I think their finisher is actually submission. So it's it's more things where you want to like, oh, boo, when they when they actually execute their moves. So it's not supposed to be as visually impressive. Mm-hmm. And we were actually talking about this the other day is that it seems like they're wearing like high top sneakers, like white oh, yeah. high top sneakers. So we were talking about how, uh, you know, whether wrestlers wear wrestling boots or sneakers or shoes, um, it seems to vary quite significantly depending. I think back in the day they used to push the wrestling boots because they felt that it was safer. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it turned out to be the opposite because if sports entertainers were not used to wearing the boots or they were used to wrestling, and I'm sure in the indies they don't really care, Mm. um, they would get injured because they would be wearing shoes that they were not used to wearing. So I think it seems like that they kind of (laughs) let... What is that? A a rainbow? I always call it a katana. What is it? It It, it looks like a multicolored kendo stick. uh, Describe the katana. Oh my goodness. It is is like Skittles colored. Ah, It is. It's a Skittles colored. Straight Skittles colored... Oh man! Would you you would call it a, ken, a kendo stick, right? They, WWE they call it a kendo stick, so it's yeah, it's not the official Singapore cane that you've heard from years past, where they use it for lashings in actual Singapore. Mm-hmm. As far as uh, capital punishment, as they do there, is capital corporal punishment? I forgot the term. Uh, I'm not sure. But but to be fair, for those that do martial arts that might be listening, but don't watch WWE. It is that stick where it has kind of like that canvas tip to it and it has mm-hmm. like a string that goes back to the handle it's like a bamboo yeah, makes it, a really it looks, big noise doesn't mm-hmm. really hurt a ton well we we think it doesn't hurt a ton maybe they just figure out a way to hit into if you always notice they try to hit to like a very big like meaty part of the back or a fleshy part of the back yeah Ooh. when i was a kid instructors used to use that stick to make you jump so then when you didn't jump you would get hit in the leg with said stick as a nine-year-old, it hurts, but I'm... And what year was this about? Uh, early 90s. Okay. Mid-90s, I would say. Do you think that would still fly today? Uh, I think it would. I mean, it wasn't... Oh. It wasn't awful. I do hear much... Big e diving through the ropes and... I mean, he's a big guy. How could he fit oh, through that geez. space? He's athletic. He dove through and then into... The cell is up. The cell, which is kind of like a huge chain link uh, fence structure it surrounds the ring so there still is like an area outside and he dove outside through the ropes there's probably a good maybe like five feet he's still cleared and, and oh would, geez look oh. at this and i would say that there's probably three to four feet <clears throat> max of a space between the ring and the cage and big biggie is a fairly large human being <laughs> <laughs> i mean That's, muscular i mean that you're being nice. modest for him he's he's, he's a big jacked. guy he's a he's a power lifter He's a big guy, yeah. uh, and it's a small space, and it was a weird angle, um, but it looked great. And the reason we, we're breaking it down so much, and we, it's, it's just something where it's a lot of fun for Jess and I. It's, it's kind of like even a, a weekly thing, and they have like a weekly NXT um, on the network. 
which is kind of like their developmental system. So you get to, you get to kind of see people before their main eventers or they're actually on the main roster um, come up and you see them develop. So it's you get to see a story from not even from its very start. You see like a prequel. And yeah. Yeah, and I think you get you get larger jumps in athletic change and ability. I mean, you do see people jump from being okay to being good or be, being good to, to really good. And when you do sort of see them on TV and sort of these main shows, you're not going to see that arc very, very well. You're, you're going to, you know, not notice that they've gotten better. You're just going to kind of see them in different stories versus a developmental. Um, you know, I'm biased, especially for the women you get to see. What? Is that a trombone? That he, yeah, that's it. Oh, that's the. Th- I think that's the third trombone he's brought out. He had a green one, a purple one, and a. And he just whacked him one. in the stomach with it. Yeah, that's his thing. He plays. Uh, they initially started using the trombone. I, I forgot what they named it. They named the trombone. They name, of course, they named the trombone. It's it's the new. To, hey, he's he's got a cowbell, folks. Ooh, literal. Yes, it's a. The <laughs> 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 and. Nope, into the stomach. I thought it was going to hit him in the... Wait. Oh, it kind of makes a noise. See how... Like I said, he, he, they hit to the major parts like the back or the lower body. Something where you got a lot of mass to kind of absorb the blow. You're, you're, <laughs> Is that a gong? He's got a gong. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so trombone, cowbell, gong, neon, rainbow, oh my God. kendo stick. <laughs> And he sells it so well. Selling is the art of, even though it doesn't hurt that much, he has to make it look like he's selling as if he got hit by a jackhammer or something. <laughs> oh, my God. And he got hit with the, with the gong. Oh, I think that was a chair shot to the head. That was it. He's getting fine for that one. <laughs> That's a... Nice. Mm. Super kick. Yes. Usos are very crisp with their super kicks. Yeah, Xavier Woods climbed to the top rope, it looks like. Ooh, and let's see. Oh, no. Oh, in the he, shoulder. In yeah, the shoulder. He, it was he, a oh, bad that angle. Looked, that looked good, though. So, from a camera angle standpoint, there's it looks like there's one, maybe two camera folks. Camera folks. Camera guys. Camera women. Camera people. In between camera the ring. Folks. Camera folks. In between the ring and the cage. Great. Cage. Camera bots. Camera bots. Uh, camera safety. So, they don't always get the angle that you wish they got. <laughs> but that's to be said for anything, I guess. What's he doing? I think he was trying to put it in his shirt. It didn't work. Uh oh. Three kendo sticks. One. Mm. Let's see. Let's hear the noise if we can hear it. If it, it. Oh, he broke it in half. And what's this? Uh, again. And he, he's holding like a baseball bat. Bam. Mm. Broken. Oh, he smacked. He, yeah, he he splintered it. So yeah, they kind of they kind of gimmick those things. They're not like they they probably have a lot of give to it. I think, the, if I remember correctly, the tension was the... Oh, no. He's got, he's got the Skittles. <laughs> the Skittle kendo stick. <laughs> to the back, I'm guessing. Let's see. Explain it. Explain it without laughing or smiling. You're smiling. Don't there's, smile, as there, you say. There's a... Oh. <laughs> a, a multicolored, striped, Skittles-colored kendo stick. <laughs> a angry Simone is hitting a... Uh, an African American, yeah, the New Day are an African American team. In a neon and you know neon oh, blue and fuchsia, yes, game padded uniforms. I mean, you couldn't get sort of a a dichotomy better than that if you tried. 
from a heel. The Samoans have a very, very long lineage, rich lineage and history in uh, the WWF. Start out the wild Samoans, Afa, and I forgot who the other one was. <coughs> Excuse me. But then uh, one of the, probably the most famous star to come out of the WWF, WWE, arguably The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, is also part Samoan. Are the oh, Usos? Whoa, 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 whoa. Flying butt. Yeah. Flying yeah. thing. What is it called? It it hurts. <laughs> you know when you, like you could sit down and like, oops, I sat down on the controller, or oops, I sat down on something and it breaks under your butt. I just imagine like a flying leap with that, and then just right into someone's head as there here it comes again. Ow. He even he, to be fair, he 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 glanced it off to a side. It still looked really nasty. Definitely. That's the thing, Warren. A lot of it. It is real, but in a, in a sense, they try to, um, if the move is 100% legit, they try to do it where it does maybe like 20% of the damage. It's still, they still land a lot of shots, but a lot of the time they, um, as, for example, just a few minutes ago, the shot that I thought was to the head, they, they disguised it well enough where he was actually getting hit in the shoulder, but it looked like, ooh, look at that. Mm. Good belly-to-belly suplex. And they're picking up the pace. Yeah. Oh, what was that? Did he just punch him in the side of the head? I think so. Hanging over the second rope. Let's see. Is that would be would that be a DDT if he completed that? No. Yes. Okay. But that would be right cra- into the it would be crazy. Yeah, well, right, yeah, I mean right 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 into the apron. Oh, oh. super mm, kick. Beautiful. You heard the smack on that too. Mm. So you said Uso's uh, family lineage. Uh, Samoan. Samoan. So the Are Rock, they part of the Rock's family? Yes. So the Rock, Nia Jax, Roman Reigns, all of them part mm. Samoan. And now Samoans. <clears throat> ooh. <clears throat> How would you describe that? I can't. I can't. Um, he, he picked them up like some type of like rock bottom and tried to throw them down to the outside. But Xavier Woods was 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 I don't know. I, I think he threw him into Xavier's knees. I'll say it again. So up. Oh, it, it I I don't know. I think maybe Xavier was supposed to try and like catch him for something. It's a good thing he caught him because or else he would have just legit just threw him to the outside, which is even though it has padding on it, that's a it's it's got no give and it's So is it a pin within... No, it's the first person to leave the cell, right? Is no, that... No, 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 no. Cell, you, you're, everyone's locked in. It's the first one for a pinfall or submission. The cell is meant to be something where... Oh, that's their finisher. Double team finisher. Uno. Dos. No. no. The, the the structure is meant to keep anyone else out. And no one else can escape. It's supposed to, like, settle feuds. Now, what am I thinking of where if you escape, you win? Steel cage match. Okay. This is not a steel cage it is a steel cage, but it's the cell. You know, usually a steel cage. You see how there's like uh, uh, the the chain link fence around the outside. Like mm-hmm. usually the 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 steel cage is right up against like the rope, so there is no outside area. So so Xavier Woods just picked up yet eight another, kendo sticks. One, one two, two, three, three four, four, five, six, 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 plus one more skittle colored one. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Now, um, 
a cell. I'm sorry. What did you call that one that was right against? Steel cage. Steel cage. Now, a steel cage match can happen anytime. Uh, what do you mean by Meaning, happen anytime? Um, there can be a regular pay-per-view and a steel cage match could happen as one of the matches. Yeah, yeah. That, Hell in a Cell. This is what WWE did. They decided to do branded pay-per-views where the gimmick itself is the name of the pay-per-view, which is kind of... Look at that. Using the kendo stick to... Yeah, they're they're jamming them up in the corner and trapping them. Wow. Which is interesting. I, I've not seen that. Have you? Nope. Ooh. So, a Hell in a Cell can happen, like, any time, too. It's been a part of, like, other pay-per-views besides this one. It's just that this branded pay-per-view is called Hell in a Cell because they want to sell, <laughs> sell as in S-E-L-L, people uh, to buy this pay-per-view or to watch it for a guaranteed that it's going to have a Hell in a Cell match or multiple ones. Mm. This is really interesting. I've not seen this before. They're using the kendo sticks in the corner to kind of pin one of the Usos, one of the Usos. into the corner. Jimmy and Jay. They are <laughs> twins. So it's very hard. I've, I've yet to figure out how to tell them apart. Well, they're also dressed the same. doesn't really help. They do. They utilize that as, as their advantage too. They use something called twin magic, which is kind of like a. They'll do something where they they uh, knock the guy out, <clears throat> and then one of them will roll out of the ring, and the other brother will like come in and like hide his face and then cover or do the submission. Mm. So you don't really ever know who's the quote unquote legal man. Yeah. Do they have the same tattoos? I mean, I know this. I, I I don't know. Oh, what is this? New Day are getting nasty. They are. They I have one of the other Usos laid across the steel steps to the outside. He's, you think he's going to do a double stomp? Uh-huh. Oh, oh, no. One of the Usos got free from his little corner trap. Oh, cartwheel over. Super kick. Lots of super kicks in this match. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think a super kick's pretty. It's pretty. I just, over. I don't, I don't oh, like seeing oh, them that often. Oh, oh, oh. Mm. Tried to tap through. Caught him with the forearm. Swings him around. And, oh, what's oh. this? Up on the shoulders? Like I said, Biggie's a big it, boy. It is a big boy. Is it another super kick? Yeah, it has to be. Where are they going to dive into? And oh. into the cage. So we had him up on the shoulders. And it was kind of, kind of like a clotheslining him off or a spear, spearing him off his shoulders. Crowd's loving it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I like I like the New Day as sort of they. The New Day and the Usos always have always been putting on like great shows. I think they even build this one as it like the the final chapter. Like this is the last. Hopefully, this is the last time you'll see them go at it because they've gone out. Mm, look at that flying shoulder block to the face. Into the cage and down. Mm. No. Cool. So yeah, I watched the. I I got back into WWE because even though I am a mixed martial arts fan, and I was watching UFC at the time. It was uh, during Anderson Silva's reign of when he was the top guy, but he had a string of like three or four fights in a row where it went to five uh, round, five minutes uh, each decisions. And it was. And they were boring. They were really boring. So boring, and I felt so cheated at the end of them because here was. Because he was supposed to be the best in the world, and they were just yawners. And I didn't want to watch any more yawners, and he just won by, like, decisions. And so, at least, even though I know that the the outcomes of, of uh, these matches are, are predetermined, 
as you hear every single time I'm, I'm uh, as we're going, I'm I'm cracking up. I'm seeing something I've never seen before. I'm going, ooh, I'm, and I would rather have that within uh, 20 minutes if I want to be sports entertained, so to say. Right, but one would argue that mm-hmm. there's a distinct difference between the two, Absolutely. meaning that this is meant to entertain, yes. and if it doesn't entertain, oh. it's not doing its job, mm-hmm. whereas UFC is sport oh, or no. fight sports yeah you know the I, entertainment gu- factor gu- guaranteed is guaranteed mm-hmm. that there's there's definitely uh, there's handcuffs by the way where did handcuffs come from how do you have a skittles colored kendo stick and handcuffs in the same match because sports entertainment and because, WWE. exactly right Point and how taken. do you have a hell in a cell and a ring especially with the pink ropes in the middle Ooh, to i just understood. commemorate um uh, that's what? why they're fuchsia and bright blue oh, is because of uh, breast susan cancer susan Coleman. b susan g, g. coleman g coleman I was thinking Susie B. Anthony, as mm. you mentioned. Oh, is he chaining him to this? This is an old school trick. Handcuffing the guy to the side. Mm. But, yeah, to answer your question, of course, they they have stinkers of matches. But, you know, it, it probably swings back the other way. Maybe WWE at a certain point, too, had a, had a series of, of uh, stinker pay-per-views. And I was like, ah... Why am I watching? And then uh, UFC would come out with, depending on the fighters, like uh, the most recent one that happened uh, last night, Mighty Mouse, Demetrius Johnson, the one that I showed you the clip of, mm-hmm. where he, uh, uh, Werner, War, I forgot the, the guy's name. Um, he, he, he finished him by a German suplex. It looked like he was going to suplex him, and he switched, transitioned midair into, a, into an arm bar. Oh, such a beautiful, beautiful finisher. Mm. And tapped him out. And then... Um, Remember what I said immediately. Oh, if if any of the professional wrestlers, they usually like to mimic what happens in real life. Someone's gonna jump on that and probably use that as a high spot. They, I mean, to they pay homage it's, to it. It's beautiful. It is a sort of a melding between mm-hmm. the two. Yep. And and as mentioned in some previous podcasts, I forgot which ones. Oh, look at this. Kendo this stick is, beat down. This is a little gratuitous. To be fair, I feel like from a prop usage standpoint, this match has been excellent. It has. It has. It's very rare that you see... So, so Xavier Woods is handcuffed to the outside of one of the turnbuckles, his uh, torso fully exposed, and they just went to town on, on him with the kendo sticks. And um, speaking of the MMA and the, and, and the UFC crossover uh, there in Japan, there's... Uh, it's it's natural. They have a very big professional wrestling and mixed martial arts crossover. In fact, uh, Kazushi Sakuraba, mm-hmm. um, better better known as the Gracie Killer, he uh, took out Henzo, Hoyler, and Hoist, tapped them all out, and um, oh, what's this? He's throwing the corner and <clears throat> beautiful, belly to belly. Kazushi Sakuraba himself is also a, a pro wrestler. Was he? Yep. Before or after? Um, a little a little of a mix when he was in his prime. Unfortunately, he, he fought a little too long, got really screwed up. Mm. If you ever watched the match against like Vanderlei Silva, oh, it's brutal. He took a brutal uh, beating from him. Mm. Something in his collarbone shoulder. I forgot what it was. I mean, that, that in and of itself is an interesting concept. Like, when is enough enough? And when, I mean, in any sport, necessary, you know, really, but especially in the one-on-ones where folks are highlighted, is that there comes sort of, you know, you peak or you have your apex in your career from a combat standpoint, and we'll loop WWE in with that. Mm-hmm. 
and then you know where when do you retire when do you stop when you're You've, on the top or do you always push that extra fight um, and then obviously the money component is part of it and we've seen wrestlers who probably two oh he cooked out of his finisher the, the a, a person retiring can it, it, it can come from a combination of they've just been on some type of a losing streak oh look at this this is called a muffler no, that, yeah. that didn't connect as pretty. That super kick. That one was a little better. And they're probably going to do a double super kick here. And... Ba-ding. Yep. Mm. Good sell by Biggie. See how he fell over and folded the leg? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, retiring can come from a string of too many matches lost. Sometimes the it's self... Oh, that's their finisher. Let's see. One, two... It keeps oh, going. Yeah. It's going to keep going. Xavier Woods dives in for the save. So it can come from um, even the competitor themselves will say, yeah, my body just can't take it anymore, or I just lost the will to fight, literally. But in the case of Sakuraba, do you know what happened? Um, I don't have the... Yeah. I guess you can. I guess you can look it up. I think he just had too many brutal fights in a row where it actually like screwed him up, like physically screwed physically. him up, like mental, like brain. I'm not or... sure. I'm not sure. I don't. I, I don't know about that. I, I just know he took like bad beatings. It's kind of like when you, if you lose like three fights in a row, there's a difference between like losing three and you look like really good, but then the guy just kind of like snuck in a rear naked choke at the end, versus you were just getting pounded. Yeah, you got killed and, three and, times. And, and you mm-hmm. and you tried to, you couldn't intelligently defend yourself. Yeah. And everyone was just going, ooh. Like, it just, it looked like a Rocky movie, but like, not like with the happy ending. Mm. That's sad. So, and then the other mixed martial arts, uh, professional wrestling crossover that, that you see, uh, one of the more famous ones is obviously uh, Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. Lesnar was huge in WWE retired well quit wwe went tried out for the minnesota minnesota vikings didn't make the cut and then eventually uh started training for uh ufc and, and he, he did ma- pretty well he did pretty well and not only that um by the time he had become champion um and he was defending i think uh he he lo- he had some brutal losses one of them was to kane to kane velasquez mm-hmm. who's uh, one of the top if not one of the top heavyweights of all time Lesnar was fighting with uh, diverticulitis. That uh, mm-hmm. oh, Usos won. Yeah. What was that? Was that a chair like a splash with a chair yeah. and their finisher? It was yeah. a double splash. So it was kind of like the exclamation point. I'm gonna predict they're probably gonna shake their hands. I, I mean, I honestly, for I would say this was a really, it was a really good it, opening it was match. A, it was really good, good. It was very hot, and it's standing ovation. Well, mm-hmm. most of <laughs> ovations are standing, but still. Um, I have to get back to the Lesnar point, but as far as what you just mentioned, uh, as, as this being an opening match, uh, Chris Jericho always said that if you're going to be on a, on a pay-per-view performing, you either want to be, if you're not the main event, you want to be the opener mm-hmm. because when you're the opener, you are, you have a hot crowd, you have no one that you followed prior. So you set the tone. And you can ride off that initial wave of like everyone's there, like yeah, it's the start, yeah, we're so everyone's doing their chants, mm-hmm. all pumped up, and and here they just wrote it and really delivered hard, and so in this case, like 
uh, what is it going on second is there's a lot of pressure because now you have to perform after a very hot match like this. It's kind of like um, a, a, a song set list. If you ever went to a live concert, you um, whenever art, whenever artists put together the, the list of songs for you when they perform for you, it's it's in a structured order to keep you entertained and to keep a certain energy level going. And in other words, they don't play like their best songs all in the front and then all their crappy songs at the end because mm -hmm. you just go home disappointed. So there's a certain pacing to this um, when they do match order. <clears throat> and as you said, they put on, they put on an incredible performance, the Usos and the New Day. They did. Very nice. To your point, I wonder who is next. Lots of good replays. Oh, he uh, so Xavier Woods is, lay, is laying prone and he has a chair on him. And from opposite turnbuckles from the corners the the new uh, not the new day the, the usos do a flying splash simultaneous onto the chair and, and onto xavier was that was their finisher they hit it twice the first time was without the chair and the second time was with <clears throat> they look good though yeah decent match i don't know if they won the titles or they were just defending the title it looks like they no they they won the title oh they won the titles. Yeah, this was for new day came in new with day those came on. In. oh that's right that's right they came in with the thank you so Lesnar, he finished up, um, he was fighting at half strength because he actually had to get half of his, what is it, intestines cut a, out. A pretty decent portion, if I big, remember correctly. So he, so he was fighting at half strength, and he recovered, and um, he came back to UFC, and I forgot who he fought, beat him, um, and then got popped for juicing, yeah. and then came back to WWE, retired The Undertaker, not retired. He beat The Undertaker's, uh, what is it, undefeated streak at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. Took out Cena in a squash match, which was one of my favorite matches of all time. <laughs> Suplex City. Yes. How many were there? 15? 15, 16. Yeah. Something ridiculous. And uh, he was extremely dominant, and rightfully so. And then eventually in that, uh, as we were just mentioning before, at that year's WrestleMania, it was the one where uh, it was against Roman Reigns. No one wanted Reigns to win because he, he just wasn't working out. And then Seth Rollins had the Money in the Bank um, contract cashed in. And uh, they, they protected everyone in, in, in that match, essentially. Protected means uh, usually if, if one uh, wrestler beats the other wrestler clean, as in like no interference, no type of shenanigans, it's seen as if it's supposed to um, present uh, present to the viewers that that person was better than the other person mm -hmm. with, with, without a doubt, without a shadow of the doubt. But what happens then is that you kind of like say, all right, since that person's better, the other person's not worth it. So they may not purchase as much merchandise or it just won't work with storylines later on. Like, Oh, if the guy lost to that guy, why should he fight this guy? So they do something called a protected finish. And, um, Lesnar never officially got pinned. He got speared out of the ring by um, Roman Reigns. Mm -hmm. And after Roman Reigns hit the spear, uh, he got uh, hit with Seth Rollins' finisher at the time, which is the curb stomp, uh, where he slams his, uh, you know. They got rid of that one, right? They got rid of that one. Uh, so, uh, what is it? Um, oh, EJ. United States champion. So, Reigns had to eat the pin. But it was a protective finish because, like, it was shenanigans. Like, he, he had hit, gotten hit with so many finishers. So he looked, quote, strong mm -hmm. coming out of it. So it was no, um, no one really f 
lost too much face. Okay. And that that's a little recap of how mixed martial arts and and professional wrestling seem to blend in t- with one another. But most recently, the recent UFC crossover to well WWE NXT with uh, Shayla Baszler. Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler. Uh, one of the, I think the four horsewomen of UFC. Yes. With Ronda Rousey and I don't know. It's been well, a while. Oh, the uh, four horsemen of uh, MMA. Yes, UFC. Uh, yes, yes, sorry. Um, Ronda Rousey was one. I'm Shayna Baszler. And then Roderick Strong's wife, fiance, I forgot her That's name. It's terrible that we don't know her name. Well, it's it's not. I don't I don't follow UFC uh, women's division that much. I follow NXT and WWE a lot more. So That's apologies, true. people. <laughs> Rusev. And notice how the crowd is 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 cheering. He he's going on kind of like a comedic, self-aware heel. He he chants like Rusev number one. Ru- Russia, right? Well, it looks like no no. It looks like Bulgaria, Bulgaria in the background now. Okay, so they somehow changed him from Russia to Bulgaria yes. the past couple of years. He he went he went from Bulgaria to Russia and then back to Bulgaria. The, the foreign heel. So I expect an American counterpart. We will see who he goes against. As and as you as we noted, this is the second match, so it's probably not as important. So they can suck if they need to, but if they if they're if they're amazing, that's even cooler. Mm-hmm. If, if they can outdo the uh, opening act. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, you were you were mentioning about uh, MMA and yeah. So the crossover of Shayna Baszler into NXT. So NXT signed Shayna. She participated in the first ever women's tournament 36 women um and 30, nxt called or 36 mm. ah, i don't know well what's the, what's 16 and 16 is 32 so 32 uh called the may young classic so she made it quite far far she made it to the final bracket or the final match um against Kyrie sane and uh they signed her and there was a undertone of a storyline of the ufc Four horsewomen. Yes, that's uh, right. To the WWE four four horsewomen, which would be Sasha Banks, Charlotte, Bailey, and Becky. Yes. Um, so we'll see what happens there. I think Ronda Rousey has been a celebrity cameo in previous WrestleManias and events and things. I have mixed feelings about that storyline. To be fair. Why is that? Uh, I think it's particularly. I think it's kind of cheap. I think. If you're going to, you know, signing Shayna and having her become a WWE superstar is great. I think when you bring in, you know, if Ronda Rousey, they signed Ronda Rousey. <laughs> uh, did you just eat the uh, tea, tea, bag, yeah. tea bag string? The string. <laughs> in case, I, I, in, in, if I wasn't coughing enough. There you uh, go. Yeah. Some more. Um, I don't know. I just I I think I I guess I'm one of those um, marks who wants their WWE protected. I don't want outside influences to cheapen the experience by making a gimmick out of something that particularly you might find to be fairly uh, not serious but um, well respected. So not as much MMA like pure MMA people coming into professional wrestling. No, I think it's anybody coming in. I think in the past they've had like uh, night show hosts and, you know, what am I, what's his name? Uh, not Oliver. Yeah, Oliver uh, Queen, also known as the yeah, Arrow. Yeah, Steve Amell, right? St- yeah, Steve Amell, yes. Mm-hmm. Very good throwback. 
<laughs> so I, I think I'm I, just laughing because I, I'm waiting for you to try and explain this. <laughs> I, I don't have a good because ex- it's really it's a really wacky it story. It was with uh, Stardust, right? Yeah, I, I don't remember details, um, <laughs> but every there's you know there's always a, it seems you know Snoop Dogg not so much because he's more Snoop Dogg is Sasha Banks' cousin, right? Actually. And he was an escort during mm-hmm. WrestleMania when she main evented. So I don't um, feel that. I think it's just more so to not cheapen the storyline by bringing in. And I think in the case of UFC, mm-hmm. it's like, well, we do real UFC. And then they're like, well, we're, we're real, you know, fighting, real fighting. super stuff yes. so we can fight each other. But in reality, as real as it gets, I think that's what the, their tagline or their mark, their mm-hmm. branding line was. But in reality to have those two worlds or those two sets of women actually fight, right? You're building up. Like we want to see Ronda Rousey go against Charlotte. Um, and you know you're going to be disappointed if it ever happens. That that's kind of where I come from. You you never think, you think it's going to be disappointed? Yes. How so? Whose whose fault will it be? I think to how could you have people in the ring right that have been doing this for twenty thirty years? Mm-hmm. Um, this is an art form, whether you think it's real or not. It it is very much an art form. There's True. a physical component. There's an acting component to it. Mm-hmm. There's an entertaining component to it. Gimmicks and promos. And then you take people who do a different art. Mm-hmm. Are there some crossover? Sure. And you give them a month of training. And then you put them in an event that people are paying or used to pay $50 for. We pay mm-hmm. $9.99 a month Yep. for. And then you call it like real stuff or you make it seem like it's equal. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I also find it too in the case of Ronda Rousey. She's not fighting in UFC. She lost, I think, twice in a row. Um, so there is a part of me that is it sort of her refranchising herself. Like, I have no problem. If WWE signed around to Rousey tomorrow and she appeared in NXT and in two or three years she was amazing, I would say nothing. But to say, hey, we're going to put you in a couple promos for the May Young Classic, which has 32 amazing women in their own right from the indies or, you know, training and then you're going to overshadow that entire 32 women with a storyline that does True. not really impact what's going on. It takes away. It's a distraction. And I, it'll be interesting to see how they use it, right? So to have sort of, and also too, to make Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Sasha, like they don't have anything else to prove. Yep. Uh, and you're going to prove it to Ronda Rousey. But Ronda Rousey's, it sounds terrible, like a couple years ago in terms of her marketability or her being recognizable as this powerhouse. I mean, true UFC fans, the memory, the last mm-hmm. memories you have of her are losing and not in, and not in terrible fashion. I mean, by all means, I'm, she's an Olympian. Like I'm not even trying to say that she just has no merit. She is amazing merit. Um, I just don't, I see from a marketing standpoint why they're doing it, but as a fan, I don't want them to do it because mm-hmm. I, I don't want them to cheapen the women's division by bringing in, other women not part of the division to make legitimacy for the women who are already legitimate in the division. In other, yeah, no, that that make that makes total sense. And one would, one could also argue that they have that influx already. And we were talking about this earlier today of the MMA slash professional wrestler hybrid in the women's division NXT already. You have uh, Shayna Baszler, mm-hmm. most recent, as you said, who who did amazing. <coughs> Excuse me. I mean, she had a limited moveset, but I think you saw growth. What I think sold me on Shayna Baszler was that finals match against, uh, 
Kyrie. Uh, Kyrie Singh. She did better than I thought she would she considering the better. previous matches. Considering the previous matches. And not only that, that finals match was after SmackDown, after 205 Live. So they were probably one of the last matches after a three-hour, four-hour show. Mm. The crowd is dead. Mm -hmm. They don't have no more, like, uh, even if they wanted to be invested, they were physically uh, and emotionally exhausted by the end of the night. You try, you try to watch, like, a three-hour, four-hour movie. Speaking to you, Lord of the Rings, last <laughs> part, Jesus Christ. And we're walking. Yeah. And we're walking. And we're walking, and, and we're celebrating, and we're celebrating, and we're celebrating. Okay, we get it. Everyone lives happily ever after. Like, anyway... Anything you tune in over three to four hours, maybe even this podcast, you start getting really, really tired. So the fact that they had their finals match, Shayna Baszler and Kyrie Sane, and they built it up to the point, I believe it was a 20-minute match, near the 20-minute mark where the, the climax of a match, the high point usually happens, they had the crowd chanting, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. And they didn't even decide to like play the tease where, all right, let's, let's build it back down and then come back up. They, they immediately went for the finish, and, and, and uh, Kyrie Sane ends up winning. And Shayna Baszler sh shakes her hand, and the crowd is standing and, and cheering, which I think given all of that context, really shows that she can perform. Yes. So you have... It shows the potential mm -hmm. for... Shayna. For Shayna. It does. You have her, and then you also have yet another NXT woman mm -hmm. who also is the... Uh, what was her I name? I don't know her. But she's not. she wasn't in UFC, to be mm -hmm. fair. Yep. Uh, but she was billed before Shayna joined for quite some time as... Having a martial arts Muay Thai maybe background. She wears no, MMA. She wears MMA gloves. She wears a Muay Thai skirt. So it's like a, a mix. Mm, that's true. I think her finisher, though, is like a flying arm bar. Or, no, no, no. A flying triangle. It's, I mean, it's, it's an MMA base. To be fair, I've not. I mean, she's only been in like three or four yeah. NXT televised. I mean, yeah. televised on the network matches. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I can look her up. I don't remember her name. Sure. But it, you can look her up. But it, it, the, the fact is they already have two... Uh, women marketed as MMA yes. hybrid. So you bring yet another one in and it's kind of, th that's the difference between uh, UFC or MMA versus professional wrestling where you come in and you get a bunch of U UFC matches. Yeah, you may have some styles where like this guy's a lot more kickboxer than the other guy or this guy's a lot more wrestler or jujitsu based than the other guy, but it rarely ever kind of like peaks out. The majority of the time you have mixed martial arts versus mixed martial arts. And I think that can kind of get a little boring. It can. I mean, I think the only differentiating factor, um, her name is uh, Sonia Deville. Yes. Yes. I think the differentiating factor, <coughs> and she's a former judoka and MMA, um, NXT. Okay. Uh, she did. She had three matches. She mm -hmm. won two. She lost one. Uh, where was she? Uh, university. So, so smaller MMA circuits, but still, mm -hmm. nonetheless, MMA circuits. Um, I'm sorry. Okay. So, yeah, where I was going with this was that there are two, to your point, two MMA booked or billed ladies in NXT. But I think the differentiating factor is Sonya very much has the pretty girl MMA okay. aspect, right? From a visual perspective. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Oh my goodness. Shayna Baszler. Shayna has a very sort of like, doesn't matter, right? She's not a pretty, like a pretty girl booked as a, like a, you know, physically attractive, meant to get the boys hoot and holler in. Mm -hmm. She's there to do work. So I think if anything, that could be, if you wanted to 
put a, a thread between the two that could be a differentiator or even if they were going to have go head to head against each other. Um, there's one about, I just want to beat your face in and there's yes. one about I fight, but I have a, the marketability, the marketability photo shoots. Right. Um, I don't think Shayna Baszler is going to become that, but you never know. We've seen it happen over time too. NXT obviously builds a very physically attractive, you know, women's roster with the exception of a couple. That's the thing. I think with NXT, especially the crowd, it's a lot more uh, performance and wrestling based. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're talking main roster appeal, yeah. But are they they not grooming any, everybody in NXT to have main roster appeal? True. You're, yeah. Is that, am I, am I? No, no, you're, you're, you're right. It's, it's more so that I, I have a feeling that, that they're going to run with Baszler harder. She is, you know, she, she has Ronda in her corner. She has Ronda, she has Ronda in her corner as well too, but I, I just feel that Shayna has shown us more in one tournament than, uh, Sonya Deville. Correct. Has. Was Sonya Deville given the same opportunity as Shayna Baszler when she came in? No. Now, to your point, I wouldn't be surprised if they change Sonya's gimmick. Yes, that, that, that too. And have Shayna be the only MMA powerhouse in NXT. And Shayna. Shayna. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> too many S's. Um, I, could see, I could see that happening. Um, I kind of feel bad, especially if Sonya's been grooming that character for mm-hmm. two years. I, I don't actually... Yeah, she, I had to figure out... Uh, the other thing that could set them all uh, them apart as well too is that um, the wrestling part, uh, that athletic performance part, is only one uh, uh, aspect mm-hmm. of the, the, the entire character or aura of any type of professional wrestler. <clears throat> one w- one could argue that uh, yes, when Ronda Rousey comes in, that uh, as you were saying, it, it probably will cheapen just due to the fact if she decides to just still stay as old school Ronda Rousey. And I mean, right. I, I wanted her to come in. I don't want her to be signed. Yeah. I, I would much rather her be signed than her be a gimmick in a couple promos and, you know, sit on, sit in the first row and yell at the female wrestlers, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like, let's do it. Like Ronda, come on in. I, I would love to see you do this next, mm-hmm. but do it. Don't let them make you a gimmick. That's very true. The The big thing that they did, a perfect example of someone coming in from a legit sport and actually performing well to the point that they, they became a Hall of Famer and just known as one of the best professional wrestlers of their time was Kurt Angle, mm. 1996 uh, Olympian. And the short story, uh, long story short of his training was that he moved so quick because he had so much wrestler instincts. Um he had to slow down his game a lot, and he spent a lot of time perfecting his character. And as you saw, he had crazy moments with the milk truck. Mm-hmm. He's singing uh, Jimmy Crack Corn with uh, Steve, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vince McMahon. So he really perfected uh, his promos as well. Too. Some of his promos were, were legendary. He, he embraced and, and started the, the You Suck chants mm-hmm. in time with his... Um, entrance music so there is the possibility that if uh ronda goes that route and fully embraces what professional wrestling uh, specifically the wwe style of professional wrestling is she can easily make it mm-hmm. she already has she will have a good starting point now but if she wants to just oh no i'm above that and just i just want to be rowdy ronda rousey with my legitimacy and fight sports and everything uh y- you kind of have to give a little bit of that away mm-hmm. in and fact I- 
I'm sorry. No, and I think her the promo skills is probably going to be her her biggest area to mm-hmm. work on from what we've seen in in the gimmicks uh, or the segments that she's been in so far, just kind of being in the background there. I did read recently that um, Ronda Rousey's trainer um, or old trainer, you know, said he would love to have her fight again. And, mm-hmm. you know, if she would be up for it, she, you know, he would love to do it. And I pe- think people tell him he's crazy. Uh, you know, he's saying it almost like to goad her into doing it again via the media. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people think that she probably should not go that route again, considering, you know, the previous the fallout fights. that happened. The, and, her, and, you know, her attitude, I think, with the whole thing. And it, depression. Yeah, and I don't. She, she went through quite a, a mental bout afterwards because she had a, quite a, a fall from grace mm, at that point. Yeah, I mean, it kind of harkens back, although differently, I mean, to Gina Carano. You mm. know, once they, they oh, lost. Well, that's, that's thrown that's, that's, a, that, that's a reference back to, I mean, I would love to see Gina again. Where'd Gina go? Uh, she had a similar, although she was, I would say, I mean, everyone's legitimate in their own right. Did she, t- did she try professional wrestling at all? No, I don't think no? she did. I she think just she, retired and that was it? I think she tried a movie. She did do a movie that oh, we had seen right. her she in where she didn't talk, but I forgot what the movie was. Was it, was it one of the John Wick movies? Was that Gina Carano or some, some other movie it was? that? I, I think it was, it was one like of, a transporter movie or something. I think it was I like a know. Marvel movie or, or one of those. Oh, oh, oh. <sighs> Oh my um, God, which one was it? I don't was know. It Deadpool. Ooh, I maybe, think it was Deadpool. Maybe. Can you she check? Can you I check? can check. I can check. I think it was Deadpool. I forgot the character name of it, but I believe it was Gina Carano. Very good callback. Uh, oh, speaking of actors, it was Deadpool. Nice. What was her character name? Ooh, now you're now you're doing that to me. Let me <laughs> see. Um, Angel Dust. Okay. Yeah, she she was the silent like assassin killer. To be fair, she's in another movie called Kickboxer Vengeance. <laughs> I mean... The Kickboxer franchise that was originally started with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yes. And just, and just kept going. All right. Um, De- Deadpool, though. I mean, there was mm-hmm. Heist in the Fast and Furious 6 in 2013. Oh, she was? She okay. was. I mean, I don't necessarily know the length of the roles. I mean, she's been doing a little bit. Enough to pay mm-hmm. the bills, it looks like. Yes. Um, Those are some decent credits. I, I can't, I can't like, laugh at, like, oh, <laughs> you were in Kickboxer Vengeance? I'd, like... What, what am I doing? I'm, in a, I'm doing my own podcast here in my <laughs> dining room. Drinking drinking some tea. Drinking some tea, choking on the tea bag, right? <laughs> tea bagging myself, apparently. I guess the parallel I was drawing is that they, they both had lost and they were, you know, they were at the apex of UFC in the women's division for whatever reason, whether it be because you could get by and you were really physically attractive or you were an Olympian cleaning house. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sort of saying that Gina didn't, you know, she, she won mm-hmm. quite a bit to get where she was, but she was marketed as the pretty girl and Rhonda was yes. marketed as the I'm going to kill you every time girl. Yep. Uh, in both cases, when they like originally... armbar machine. Yeah, oh my goodness. Judo armbar machine. Taking those armbars for snacks. Packing oh, them away by, for later. By the, by the way, in case anyone is, is going, what happened in hell on the set? Uh, uh, Randy Orton beats Rusev RKO out of nowhere. <laughs> Uh, is it ever? Is it ever not out of nowhere? That's is it ever like true. I see it coming and I still that can't? Very, yeah. Uh, stop it. Uh, not memorable. Though Rusev looked mm-hmm. really tan. Yep, Rusev looked good though. Apparently, the I was I was watching uh, near the end and they got the crowd into it. So it's actually a very good job on their part. Randy Orton has always been like a solid, solid worker. He's never. I don't think he's ever been the guy to like. Un- unless he has his own specific match where he gets to play like the really like cerebral psycho killer style um, wrestler, but in this case, him and, Ru- and Rusev obviously is 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 a great performer and athletic in and in and in and of itself. Thank I got you. The, I got you that one. Don't worry. Oh, it's been a long day. Love and, and uh, marriage. 
marriage. Love and marriage. <laughs> um, and they got the crowd on their feet. So, so far, a, very, a, a decent pay-per-view. Because you've got, um, uh, as I said, the second match is always hard to get the crowd and keep the crowd going. Especially after that first one. It, mm. was, a, it, was, it was a barn burner of weapons and kendo sticks. Barn burner? That's a Jim Ross uh, ter- uh, term. But what does that even mean? The, it's so hot that a barn is on fire. I, I hope there's know. no one in it. Well, I think they insinuate that it's not. Go ahead, look up the term barn burner. Barn burner. Yeah. Burn. Oh, there we go. There's Ty Dillinger. At I least they're giving he, him something. I think he has a match tonight with yeah. uh, AJ and Baron. AJ, uni- he, AJ style. Oh, it's a triple threat? Yeah. <gasps> I did say Very universal. Nice. Okay. Interesting. That's quite the cardigan there, Daniel Bryan. It's pink. <laughs> well, because I guess breast cancer awareness. Barn burner. An event, typically mm. a sports contest that is very exciting ah, or intense. Thank you. The name was in allusion to the story of an old Dutchman who relieved himself of rats by burning his barns, which they infested. So, all right, people weren't in the barn. but No, rats were, apparently. In, in infestation. So, sorry, animal rights activists. In the modern part. It was a barn burner, the match. Very, very exciting game. It was, a, it was a barn burner of a first match. There were no rats in the ring. Come on. Yeah, right. All but right. harken back to what you said about uh, Stephen Amell. Just to explain where everyone was like, you can't leave us hanging. How did that match ever happen? Monday Night Raw is on the USA Network. Not only is you, uh, Monday Night Raw on that uh, channel, uh, Arrow itself is also on USA Network. Mm-hmm. So they'd like to do a lot of like series crossovers. And uh, Stardust, also known as Cody Rhodes, uh, played a villain in, in a few of the Arrow episodes. Mm. I forgot which ones. It was like in the. He did, yeah, yeah. he did. And um, so they like to promote, and Stephen Mella himself is a huge uh, WWE fan. So they like to cross promote. So since they decided to lend Cody Rhodes, also known as Stardust, into some Arrow episodes, they're like, hey, let's borrow Steve Amell and get him into a match. And uh, credit to Steve Amell. He, he trained his ass off and looked uh, pretty decent in the match. It's, it's something you don't want to give away since, as you brought up, the legitimacy quote of, uh, of professional wrestling. Because when you have celebrities winning or celebrities participating... And the list is endless. You could you could look up on Wikipedia of all different types of celebrities that have competed in professional wrestling matches. David Arquette and WCW mm. actually won the title. That's oh. a that's a whole thing about the uh, rise and great fall of WCW. Uh, Jay Leno was actually in a tag match uh, with Diamond Dallas Page against uh, Hulk Hogan. And um, didn't Mayweather break Big Show's nose? Yes. Money Mayweather, yes, the, the, the same Money Mayweather that uh, won recently against Conor McGregor. He was in a WrestleMania main event, and he, quote, beat uh, the big show. But he legit broke his nose on like, did, the first did, punch. Yeah, yeah uh, during a promo, he, like, uh, big show got down on his, his knees and, like, pointed, like, go ahead, give me a punch. And then Mayweather just threw a six-punch combo, and one of those uh, punches, he hit him with a short hook and just shattered big show's <laughs> nose. You see the blood splatter everywhere. <coughs> oh, excuse me. I do like how they go like um, to each announce table for each country, and they sort of introduce. They pan. Sorry, to, you know Brazil. We went to from Mandarin, and then I think uh, Japanese, Russia. They have German. They have Fre- They have they India. China. They they've covered a lot of. I feel like WWE has made a recent 
um, positioning to be obviously more international, obviously with all the mm-hmm. tournaments, they're bringing in quite a few international folks. If you follow them on social media, NXT has a full team from China, it seems. And, you know, uh, to kind of almost have uh, country titles. It almost, yes. you know, they started with the UK. Are they calling it the UK championship? Yes. The UK championship for UK only, you know, type mm-hmm. events. And you can take the UK championship to What's UK. What's his name? His, his uh, oh, he's an ugly looking guy, but he's uh, the bruiser weight. Oh, with the way he like puts his hand yeah. by his chin. Okay. Oh, I Pete he, Dunn. Yes. Pete Dunn. And him and Tyler Bate, the former UK champion, they had, uh, it's still considered a match of the year contender. We, uh, <laughs> I can always tell uh, when the NXT is, is uh, as far as the weekly episodes, are keeping Jess's interest or not. Because by the end of the night, if she, if she fell asleep on the couch, it didn't keep her interest. Mm-mm. And unfortunately, uh, there was a yawner of the match prior to the UK championship. And she was out and it was... a burner of a match uh between them and they say it's, it's like a match of the year candidate between tyler Bate and pete dunn so as you correctly called out we have a triple threat coming now for the united states championship we have mr the phenomenal one aj styles versus ty dillinger versus uh baron corbin like you said before i do like that ty is getting a little bit of a i don't know if that, would this be considered a push i don't watch uh, the main show, so I really don't Me know. Me neither. But it's so nice you know to just see him. as much as I do. It's nice to see him, however, in a pay-per-view, regardless of how he got there. In case people are wondering, there are weekly shows that run on cable. Uh, that's the Raw on Monday nights. It runs for three hours, I think. And SmackDown on Tuesday nights. That runs for two hours. And what they do, they have such a huge roster, quote, main roster of uh, talent, that they actually divide it up so only a certain... Uh, subset of them perform on Monday nights and vice versa for Tuesday nights. And maybe I'm giving WWE too much credit, but I like I like that they split the roster in that yes. way. Yes. To hopefully give their talent a little bit more room to breathe, as well as I think from the wellness policy to keep people healthy. That's the other thing that uh, a lot of people, when they give a knock on professional wrestling, they you know the number one thing they usually say, oh that it's fake and every and everything the you can listen back to the podcast with uh, Fernando Gomez and I. We discuss exactly what is kind of like the the answer to that question. Like, oh, don't you know that it's fake? Um, the other thing to go along with that is that these uh, performers for professional wrestling, they're on the road, I think, 300, out of, 300 days out of the year. They're performing uh, Monday, Tuesday nights, and I think there's something happens on, on on Wednesday and then they do house shows which is uh where, where they do non-televised shows otherwise known as dark matches they do pay-per-views like this that uh, uh a lot of the all previous shows lead up to these payoffs <clears throat> do a lot of uh promotional charities I love that entrance <laughs> look at that I love the way they announce them yeah. AJ Styles it's great to see AJ Styles get his uh, due as well because he started out in another um, uh, wrestling federation. He had a short stint in WWE way back in the early 2000s, but it didn't work out. And he just, he went to TNA, and then he went to New Japan. And basically, he just spent as much time as he could on the independents and built up his world stock where he was considered 
back in 2015, I believe, or 2014, as the best professional wrestler on the planet. Like he was the num- like if there was a free agent, that's he was the one they had to get. And he debuted uh, after he finished his contract with New Japan. He debuted at the the, Rum- the WWE Royal Rumble in the number three slot. You can YouTube AJ Styles Rumble debut reactions to see the crowd just go nuts, including me. <laughs> now, is this a first person to pin yes. gets the win? Yep. So if if it's the other type, it, uh, the one where you have to like pin one guy and then that guy leaves and then you have to pin the other guy, that's known as a either a triple threat or a four way eliminate. They'll they'll throw the term elimination in there. Mm-hmm. It looks like the good uh, AJ and Ty are considered like the good guys, and so they're double teaming on uh, Baron Corbin, usually the heel. The woo chop. Oh, Ric Flair. They just came out with a book, him and Charlotte. Yeah? Second Nature, I think they call it. I don't, I don't actually know if it's a combination. It might be mm-hmm. Charlotte's book. Oh, okay. But obviously, he's promoting it. Or uh, He had a health scare, though, so he's been kind of mm-hmm. out of the, the picture. But I think he's okay. I don't... He's been laying low r- recently. Yes. I remember when I was growing up back and, and uh, watching wwf world wrestling federation at the time back in 1993 one of the first things i saw was rick flair he was in he was in wwf for a little while before he jumped back to wcw and he was on the tv and my dad walked by and he looks he goes this guy so apparently my dad has seen rick flair (laughs) in way before and he he goes how come he's how come he always looks old he always (laughs) looks old oh rick flair (laughs) If only he had seen Ric Flair now. Oh, geez. He goes, oh, no, no, no. That's old. Yeah. <laughs> but I love how probably Ric Flair's like your dad's age. Yes. So he's like, well, he's old. Sad. Mm-hmm. Well, you're old. Now, Ty Dillinger, uh, you said that you're, you're glad that he's kind of getting uh, maybe not a push, but at least exposure. Why do you, why do you say well, that? Well, maybe selfishly, because when we for- saw our first NXT show in Brooklyn, at the Barclays in 2015, I think, yeah. Didn't he? No, he didn't debut there, but he, he had a match there. And yes. But he, he had such a great reception. Yes. And I think he was sort of the gatekeeper even in NXT, it seemed, for quite he, some time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had very much his 10 gimmick served him really well in terms of crowd interaction. That saved him. It did. That really saved him coming up with the 10 gimmick. Um, so, and I think he just always worked relatively hard. I never had an issue with any of his performance or his moveset or his, mm-hmm. you know, mic skills. And I feel like when you have a crowd, can you, can you explain the 10 gimmick to, uh, non-wrestling fans? So I, I don't know how <coughs> it came apart or came about, but you know, he has the number 10, right now on the booty of his trunks <laughs> he it is on the booty he, he would come out with the numbers on pieces of paper of one and ten uh and then he would you know put his hands in the air you know fingers sprawled out uh doing the 10 sign and very much harkens or feels like the yes chant for daniel bryan I mean, that's giving very that's, good point that's giving yep. him a lot of credit to be fair yep. uh not giving daniel bryan it's giving um Ty. Ty, a lot of credit, mm-hmm. you know, to make that comparison. But uh, very similarly, uh, he would shout 10 and make his hands, and the crowd would just every time 10, 10, 10. Uh, they still do. Um, <laughs> they, just, they, they actually still do that. They still do that. So I, I find that 
if you can get the crowd involved in your gimmick, yes, that can carry you if everything else is same, same. So mm-hmm. I think it's carried him, but I also think he's a great performer. Mm-hmm. Um, I would much rather see that than... Nah. Ronda Rousey. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, than Ronda Rousey. Um, oh, 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 athletic monkey flip, countered it by actually landing on his feet into back button. Oh! But I think also, too, if you've seen over time... Oh. Interesting wrestlers such as Bull Dempsey, Ava Marie, like there have been wrestlers that, although in both cases, they're no longer with the company. Yes. But you've seen main roster talent um, that leaves a lot to be desired. Mm-hmm. So I, I like to see, but that's a subjective feeling, right? It's also a combination, especially on the main roster. It's a, it's sometimes they just don't get good support or good storylines from the writers and they just have to work with what they got now one would argue that you know new day themselves they they got a uh a shit gimmick just to be blunt about it and the and the term that they uh said they were able to turn uh chicken shit into uh what is it chicken soup or something i I forgot what the term is but they turned it into gold Mm -hmm. basically Mm -hmm. so but it's tough though because sometimes you you are just given um writing or your storyline or the way that you're booked is just um it's just hard to break out and it's just hard to stand out well um on a microcosm level, it could be something like, remember how we kept saying that, oh, the number two slot is not the best slot to be in? Mm-hmm. Just imagine always being stuck into the number two slot constantly. And you're always, and it's it's tough because then you're always following that hot opener match. Mm. And there's a much greater chance that unless you got something going, you're going to not draw that reaction and you're going to be considered as a mediocre performer. You're going to be considered, quote, mid-carter. As opposed to um, just always getting in the main events like Asina or uh, Roman Reigns. And I think part of it, too, is that with any sports um, area, you have favorites. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, professional stars, wrestling is, is, no, is no different. So yeah. is Ty Dillinger a favorite of mine? No. But would I say, hey, I like him and there's a lot of wrestlers I don't like? Sure. So in that case, selfishly, you want to see them do well. And especially if you're like me, who oh. just got into NXT. Um, I, you know, I never watched wrestling. I, I knew of wrestling. I knew of Razor Ramon. Uh, my brother, ten, 10 years yep. younger than me, used yep. to play with you know the wrestling figurines in his room. Uh, I was just never, it was just never of interest to me. And the way WWE got to me through NXT. Yes. Through a much more eclectic, shorter show less promos, more, I would argue, physically athletic in in a lot of cases. And that's what got me in. So when you get and you're an NXT fan, for me, for me, being an NXT fan means I get to see that talent transition to what you, I guess you would call the main stage, the Mm -hmm. televised in USA and Mm pay-per-views. So those will be forever my favorites and or they will have a special place in my heart. Because you feel like you've seen them. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, I would guess that all wrestling fans, if you've seen a wrestler live in their inaugural, so Bobby Roode, for example, NXT yes. TakeOver Brooklyn 2016. Mm-hmm. 
I saw Bobby Roode debut. I heard Glorious play for the first time on television, and being there was amazing. Yep. He will have a special place in my heart as long as he's in WWE, and that mm-hmm. song I will remember forever because of it that is interest. It's a pretty great It's a fantastic song. song. I mean, I would do anything to that song. Like, I'll clean the house to that song. Like, I will do anything to that song. Well, what's, what's the opening? Glorious, right? Yep. I mean, it's symphonic it's yep. harmonic it, it's it's very uh what is it queen-esque like oh. bohemian rhapsody-esque of the way course. they put it together they did that on purpose to, oh good shot by corbin to the face of aj styles <coughs> yeah i mean i i will i mean you talk you know sasha bailey mm-hmm. one you know you got to see the rise of that though i, did. I, I think you, you uh, that's the one thing well one of the uh the things that WWE gets right, especially with NX, the NXT uh, developmental division, when it used to be just purely developmental. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to see them screw up. You got to see a raw, a rough Ty Dillinger prior to the 10 gimmick. So you get to see, read um, not the origin, as I said, not the origin story. You get to see like the prequel story. So you get a little more emotionally invested in it. As opposed to a fan that just kind of maybe just turned it on today and they're looking at it and I and they just go, I don't get it. I don't know what the appeal. Why is everyone throwing their 10, you know, when mm. the ref is counting one, why is everyone chanting 10 and, and cracking up and having such a good time? So as opposed to a UFC where you can immediately jump in and as soon as you see Demetrius uh, Mighty Mouse just suplex an arm bar, you're like, oh, I love that guy. Mm-hmm. And then you can continually keep watching and hope that he does the same thing the, WWE is a lot more subtle the way they build up until something that's like very like superhero-esque but I would also argue too that a difference between the two is that you can see Mighty Mouth and you can say from this one fight this one spot in this one fight I'm a fan yes and you don't have to hear him talk yep you don't have to see him do you know skits with his opponent like you don't have to you can just see fight to fight to fight Mm -hmm. so in that depending on the scheme for the rounds 15 or possibly max 25 minutes right Mm -hmm. five five minute rounds five three minute for a championship three five minute rounds sorry um or for a main event right you can say i just need you to perform here Mm -hmm. and i don't see any of the other stuff so therefore there's not i can't i'm not really i'm emotionally invested for that time but those spots come every couple of months. Yes. So you can be a fan without having to really be a fan. Just, mm, you know, you can have yeah. a favorite. Mm-hmm. It's like a sports card. You can have a favorite, uh, but you your exposure to them is limited almost probably on purpose. That's very true. That is very, very, very true. Versus with, here. With UFC. Yeah, you, you only see a fighter fight like every few months, mm-hmm. as you would say, if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. Sometimes once a year, if they're like a super main event star. And that's what, you know, it builds the anticipation of it <clears throat> versus, as you said, they have a weekly episodic TV show where where one of them runs for three hours, the other one for two hours. You're eventually going to, you're going to want to see your star. And, and that's one, been one of the knocks on the WWE main roster, especially on, on Raw, is overexposure. Mm, I was just going to say that. Go ahead. And even with, even with the advent of social media, too. So Ooh. if I had to say, who who's my... Uh, we'll go women's roster because you know it's easier. Uh, my favorite women's wrestler in the main roster is going to be Becky Lynch. I love Becky Lynch. Now, am I? I follow Becky Lynch on Instagram. Becky Lynch posts daily on Instagram. Is there a level of overexposure where I'm kind of like, I was a fan of hers. Granted, I haven't seen her wrestle 
in quite some time because the main roster likes to put like five women against each other and it becomes really difficult to follow and that one-to-one long amount of time with a good story it gets lost or i feel like it gets lost so i'm i'm missing that part of the women's roster mm-hmm. on, on i'm sorry the women on the main event roster uh, but i think there is an overexposure right because i have to hear them talk i have to see what they ate for breakfast i have to like see what charity work they did do i have to no but do i choose to yes because i decided to follow in this case her now if she has bad promo skills and i i complained in the beginning you know about her accent it was hard sometimes to follow what she was saying disgusting it was disgusting uh it's gotten it's gotten gotten better better. and by better meaning they've they've washed it away a little bit so that she can appeal to a larger audience which is on purpose and um it becomes like if they're not good at promo, right? You're uh-huh. immediately like, oh. Yeah. Or if they have a bad match, because you see them every week, maybe. You're like, uh. And especially the women, yep. you see them you see them every week, really. Especially on the main roster, Especially too. on the main roster. They don't really have a deep... On the developments uh, in NXT, you're like, okay, they can probably get better at it. Well, also, too, in NXT, let's say you have a favorite, uh-huh. male or female, you'll probably see them every three to four weeks. That's true. They do do try to rotate in, out, to prevent from overexposure, uh, NXT stars. But I feel feel like overexposed, and I don't even watch the the weekly show. We don't have cable, so we don't have cable. Yeah, Um, we're cable cutters. We we totally watched specifically because of the WWE Network. Oh, is he going to set up for... He's Styles trying. Clash. He's, He's trying. trying. Oh, no. Oh. He countered. Kick to the head. Ty Dillinger is... Oh, he... I love that move from AJ Styles. That's actually a legit calf crusher setup in jiu-jitsu, where you kind of like roll through it. Mm. I've never actually hit a calf crusher in a mat, uh, uh, roll, have you? Yes. In it's, that it's way? A, it's not a very, that way. No, not that way. No, Just no, like no, a no. straight up like ankle lock high? I do it from, uh, you know, the twister roll. Yep. Instead of going into the twister, you, you're the, the way your uh, legs are tangled with the lockdown, you can actually switch into a calf crusher from that position. Do you, do you take away the, the arm from behind the head or do you? I don't even go for the arm behind, behind the head. You know how like when you roll over, you I grab, do remember, yes, you grab both legs. Mm-hmm. So okay. there's a way to roll into, um, they call it the truck. As uh, Eddie Bravo's Tenth Planet Jiu-Jitsu legal system. in gear or no? Is there a reap in there? Or? I don't. I think calf crushers are, le- are are legal at black belt level. I'm not exactly sure. I mean, you'll, I know no gay. No gay, anything goes. Right. No gay, anything goes except for like I forgot. I forgot what the what the moves were. Small joint manipulation. Some others. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but in any case, uh, somehow Tyler Tyler got out of the calf crusher. So yeah, uh, it's interesting because certain superstars, depending on how high they get mm-hmm. in in terms of like in uh, kayfabe, meaning if you stick with the storyline, obviously there are certain tiers of some wrestlers are more like superhero esque and on, on on the level of like Superman and Batman than other levels who are more like mid level superheroes. The higher they get, they actually get like create like they'll get like a an impact finisher where it's like a slam. They'll get like a strike finisher where it's like a punch or a kick, and they'll get a submission sometimes too. Now, does AJ- every sorry does every wrestler okay? So take AJ Styles for yes. example. How many finishers does he have, and does he have one of each? He has. Let's see. He has the Styles Clash, mm-hmm. which is kind of like an impact finisher. That doesn't really finish them that often, but that's that he's used it as a finisher. He also uses the uh, phenomenal forearm, where he kind of like 
uh, springboards from the outside in and then does that like forearm mm-hmm. blast. That's how he beat Cena one time. He also uses the calf crusher as a submission every once in a while. So there you go. He's got technically three types of finishers. I believe he may have used the springboard 450, but that's only in like a special case. Like if he like jumps off like a ladder or something, I'm not sure. Mm. Now, some other wrestlers will will have a lot of signatures and then a, a finisher. But so in case people are wondering, the finishers are kind of like their trademark moves that they do in uh, in storyline mode. It's supposed to be that they've it, it's so um, in tune with them and they've practiced that move so many times that uh, if someone else like tries to do that move, it's not going to be as impactful or as if effective. In case you're always wondering, well, why doesn't the other person, you know, use mm-hmm. the attitude adjustment? You know, well, it's kind of like the I would probably liken it to if you have a a running back or and you know doing their dance after they score a touchdown. Running backs, the ones that feel receivers, receivers when they get like the ball in the end zone, they do like their their dance, right? It's their dance. Okay. And they only do it when they've scored, you know, okay. points. So a signature or a finisher is their, is their move that they only use when yes. they're trying to win, the, like do that final pinned or win yes. match. Like it's at that high apex moment. It's, u- it's usually prior to like the modern era of professional wrestling. Usually once the finisher is hit, it's done. It's, that's why they call it a finisher. Lately in the modern era. It's got a little more smushy. It's gotten a little more smushy where it results in like a real, it's called a near fall where you have to pin them for three. They'll quote kick out at two and a half or two and as like the two and three quarters or that was 2.9 right there. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. This match is actually going really good. So far it's, it's, it's been looking very crisp and it looks like a lot of people have been almost hitting their finishers or kind of. So it protects each one of them. The thing that every match they try to do is they try to make everyone look good with one of them kind of coming out on top versus one of them looking really good and the other one's just looking like shit. Oh, right, that's a springboard you, 450 I was talking about. Oh, and then you, could, then you would ask yourselves, like, why? Who gets it? One, one two, two, and no. that, see, so that protects the finisher. In other words, um, they implied that that could have been a three count. But Ty Dillinger jumped in and then hit him in the side of the face to break up the uh, the pin attempt. Mm-hmm. But look at the Ty Dillinger selling. He's selling the leg that got uh, calf crushed for a yes. bit. Yes, and doesn't he always like pull? He's he's a, Ty Dillinger wears knee pads, and part of as things ramp up, he takes the knee pad off of the knee to then use it to hurt them extra hard because his, his finisher is called the tiebreaker, where he basically does like a fireman's carry, flips him over, and then drops their neck onto his his knee. Which it sounds pretty violent, people. It is. It's actually a very legit move <laughs> if, if you if they don't sell it right. But there are ways that professional wrestlers, as I mentioned in the beginning, they can either uh, disguise the move where they land on their... Oh, for now, forearm. Boom. That's it. You think? Well, no. <gasps> is Baron Corbin going to steal it? <gasps> I think he is. Oh, my goodness. <gasps> He's going to steal it. He's going to steal it. He's going to steal it. Pin one, two, two three. Oh, oh, stole it. He'll move. Baron stole it. He stole it. Oh my goodness. That's a good, that's a good, that's a decent ending. It's not the best ending, but it's a decent heel ending. Yeah. It protects AJ. Unfortunately, once again, Ty Dillinger has to eat the pin. But he's also semi-protected because he ate the phenomenal forearm, which is uh, AJ's best move, his usual finisher. 
I, you know, I think the fact that he was on on the show is enough for him, probably for now. He put on a yeah, he put on a, a good performance, and so it's nice to see people get invested in the United States Championship, which is kind of like considered third tier. So obviously, well, now with the brand split, explain to me how the belt tiers kind of work between the two shows. And this is a Raw pay-per-view or a SmackDown pay-per-view? This is a SmackDown pay-per-view. Okay. Uh, I believe SmackDown retains the original like WWE like official championship. Mm-hmm. Raw had the, the created universal title, um, which I think is, I personally consider it like second tier. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Intercontinental title. I don't know who has that right now, actually. And then you have the United States title, which is this. And what happens is sometimes they have crossover pay-per-views where the, both the rosters of Raw and SmackDown are in it. And so sometimes title, the title can switch to another brand mm. at some point. But that rarely happens unless a brand is like really hurting. So in other words, there's a lot of huge main event guys on raw you have what is it reigns mm-hmm. braun Strowman. you have lesnar you have <sighs> so we talk about the blends the, the brand split it is bland it, too. Is, it can be bland <laughs> to talk about the brand split was that a 2000 end of 2016 beginning of 2016 i forgot you know the it's benefit we talked about for the entertainers um you know splitting the shows probably alleviates a lot of their you know, up, not a lot, some of their workload or, or health stress yep. with, you know, being on the road so often and doing so many matches, I would hope. But what it also does is it then creates more titles, right? At the it end does. of the day, there was net more. There is a Raw Women's Champion and a SmackDown Women's Champion. Right. And it went Women's Champion, no longer Divas Champion. Yes. That was a, a recent change. Within the past couple of years yeah that was that i think was, past that like was 18 months that was that was a push from uh the 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 company as far as rebranding um, it was convenient but timely it, it was timely because it, it rode the wave of when ronda rousey was also on top of the world as well too so. right i mean one would have wished it probably happened sooner and not when it was monetarily convenient but we are i am happy to see them do it regardless mm-hmm. of the reasons because they can't go back now yep so it was, I think, net positive for everybody. But anyway, you know, we created more titles, right? So therefore, you create more champions, uh, which probably creates more uh, merchandise. I mean, we've not even talked about merchandise and how much, you know, mm-hmm. potentially that contributes to the overall, you know, base of what WWE considers, you know, their monetary, yep. you know, base. Or I only have a semi-sour look on my face because I'm remembering how they... The original implementation, when they kicked off trying to, you know, transition the the divas division into the women's division, was a little rough because they had uh, Stephanie McMahon kind of just like, oh, we're calling up these women and they're going to be the future. Versus in NXT when they pulled off what they did, uh, the build of the women's division there, culminating in I believe it was uh, Paige versus Emma. Mm-hmm. Or Paige versus, I, I forgot who it was, but Paige was on top of the world in NXT division. And one, one could argue that uh, her and Emma and original incarnations uh, of Natalia and Charlotte back in NXT started like, hey, the, the women are legit. Yes, but one could argue they made a great decision by not pushing Paige and Emma. Well, that was years later. It, it was, it but was maybe years, they it knew was something we later. didn't. Maybe, maybe. But the, the main gripe I had with that was as they were doing it, 
uh, announcers, and this is just the heavy handedness. Oh, speaking of the women's, we have the women's, women's championship <laughs> uh, between Natalia, current champion, Natalia Hart versus um, Charlotte. Charlotte. Now, uh, as I was getting back to the heavy handedness of WWE marketing, uh, the announcers would always, and this is not just for the women's division. They do everywhere. They go, you are witnessing, you are witnessing history here, folks. Oh, this is the match that they, they they keep reminding you over and over that the women are amazing, the 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 men are amazing. Uh, this is going to be such an amazing thing, as opposed to let it. In, in a, what's that old uh, saying? Do don't tell. L- let it breathe. Let it breathe, or do don't tell, like. Yeah, don't talk, just show it. Like don't you can, talk, you can just, do much more by showing a picture's yes. worth a thousand words. Yes. Don't you don't have to tell people that they're witnessing history or this is the greatest of let the people decide for themselves and let that match kind of like breathe. Right. But I think from a marketing standpoint, mm-hmm. you you know, you want it to land the way you want it to land. Now, you need to be overwhelmingly confident and trusting that you can let the experience land. And if you don't control the narrative, which I'm sure Bernie would agree from this morning Hmm. or yesterday morning, like that you don't, you need to trust. You need to have explicit trust in your performers. Mm -hmm. You have explicit trust in your people who are doing the promos and cutting everything that it will land like you hope or you think it will land. But that also involves a self-awareness that a lot of companies or a lot of marketers within those companies might not have. Mm. They can't see where they are or where their company is in relation to the world. Uh, You have to look outside of yourself. And when you're in it, it's very difficult to do that. You think you know best. You've been doing this for X amount of years. You think you, all the research shows and all the demographic data that you've pulled and all the branding that you went through and all the money that you've spent, can't I just tell them what I want them to know? Come on, let's just remind them just this one time. No. Can we just keep saying it? Because guess what? They're dumb. They won't know it unless we tell them. That's, yeah. That. Which is hard. But also, too, you have to remember, we're not, are we every wrestling fan? No, we're a good, a good chunk of no, them. Oh, we're the smart mark. We're smarky. We read behind the scenes. and. Think of how many people that attend the live events. True. So WWE gets $10 from us per month, $120 per year. There are people that will go to the live show and spend that. Including in- us, though. Yes, yes. But we, yes. And we so will- you're, you're basically starting the casual versus the hardcore fan Correct. argument. The exp- explanation of what they're witnessing is not for the hardcore fan. It's True. for the casual. Mm. And from merch and from toys, they're casual. I bet you they probably have charts that say, you know, a mark, a, a male between 20 and 30 is worth this much to me yearly. But a kid in an upper class family is worth two live shows a year decked out decked out in john cena gear four four toys towels wristbands t-shirt that little six-year-old kid with the john cena hat is worth more to wwe than we are probably combined yep he needs to be told that he's witnessing something amazing because he doesn't know his dad doesn't know his dad took him because he kept complaining that he wanted to go I'm, I'm taking Warren because I want to see the match. I understand that. <laughs> uh, but that, I feel like that is why it's done. I don't think it's done for us. I don't think it's done. The heavy handedness is intentional because they yeah. want to control the conversation and make sure people understand what they feel they should understand. I don't think it's for us. Mm. I don't love it because it kind of makes us feel like they're talking to us like we're stupid. That's, yeah, that's where you, you, you get slightly offended because you, you, you are, it, it does feel like at times that they are insulting 
the audience's intelligence. But then as, go ahead. But the audience is not mm. one age, one gender, one economic background. The audience, I mean, look at the audience. Depending what your town it is, it's everybody. And how do you find a message that resonates through all of that? You don't. You try your best, but you don't. It's kind of like if you're giving a presentation on something, right? You always have to assume the lowest level of knowledge and, ga- and scale up. If you start really high, you're mm, going to lose mm. people. They're not understanding what the heck that you're talking about. But couldn't about. you also argue that uh, what's that principle of, of retail that like a, over 40% or over 50% of your business it comes from that 10% hardcore base well it's it's the 80 20 rule 80 percent is that is that the pareto principle i think it is okay i think 80 percent of rev whatever that that goal is Mm -hmm. revenue visibility whatever your model is 80 percent of that comes from 20 percent of people so to your point if that applied to wwe 80 percent of their revenue comes from six-year-old kids (laughs) potentially is 20 percent of their audience six-year-old kids I'm, I mean, if you took kids, it's more... I thought 20% of the audience was us. I don't know, but... It's not uh, me. Not necessarily. I'm, I'm part of the 20%. I'm sure our demographic does not spend I'm the most money for WWE. I got you. Our, our demographic might spend the most money for NXT, mm. and maybe that's why they don't talk down, quote-unquote down. That's why they market the show differently, and that's why As a hardcore wrestling show. Or based on performance and wrestling, as opposed to... A lot crazier and convoluted storylines. Correct. And they do have NXT toys now, too. I mean, they do have the live experiences. NXT, the Performance Center, $1,200. You can go and have a day <laughs> as an NXT superstar. <laughs> um, those uh, aren't for, uh, yeah. are for six-year-old kids, but people are buying them. You know what's great about the... She looks like Bebop and Rocksteady from Turtles in Time, Super Nintendo. Right with the the shoulder pads, which one is it? Like the the rhino the rhinoceros? Come on. To be fair, I mix them up all the time. Oh, it's kind of if I, if I ask you if I ask you right now, uh, Manhattan clam chowder is that the white one or the red one? Red. Damn it. <laughs> uh, I was saying Natalia, Natalia has a very large shoulder pads on. They're sequins, uh, and they're spiky. And and what's good about um, this as far as professional wrestling among all the quote characters is that they they have all types of attire as well as builds and sizes and i think one of the things that you were mentioning as far as uh when we were talking about baszler Shayna baszler versus um sonia deville mm. um as far as one being quote as you said more of the marketable look versus a, a more rough house uh brawler look that's good though yes. you, you need that variety and you need the variety of uh, builds mm-hmm. as well and that's why you have some someone like a um a sasha versus someone like a nia Jax mm-hmm. versus someone like an alexa bliss versus, versus an oscar yes versus an oscar so oh there's the flare strut i mean we, we've come a long way from pillow matches during bathroom breaks uh, oh that's what they why don't you explain the bathroom break so previously and I say previously, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is from what I think I know, and I could be wrong, is that if you're talking 90s, even 2000s, is that the women's matches were scheduled such that after a couple male matches, 
people could get up and go to the bathroom while the women's match was going on. It was billed as the bathroom break match. It did not help that they didn't make those matches particularly compelling to watch Mm -hmm. by having, you know, very gimmicky matches. I mean, I say pillow fight match and you're laughing, but there was a pillow fight. She's legit. That's that's actually tame compared to the... There weren't there like gratuitous mud or oil. Mud wrestling. Just just terrible. Panties and bra matches. Yeah. Nightgown matches, bikini matches. Uh, They were billed as... So not not legitimate wrestling, but more of a spectacle for ogling in a time when that was acceptable. I am happy that that's not, not necessarily, that's no longer acceptable in mainstream society. It was then. And I mean, mainstream... And of course, they're pre- preserved for historical sake in the <laughs> WWE Network archives. In and of itself, right? Worth the nine ninety nine yep. per month? Well, as Bernie so eloquently put it, in in the, the the most re, in the previous podcast when he talked about presidents being presidents for the time in other words uh, uh, a trump never w- could have become president uh 30 years ago with his style arguably it could arguably it couldn't you're saying the environment yeah very much provides the opportunity for something to happen yes so in other words uh the main event of one of the takeovers was uh, Sasha and Becky two, mm-hmm. the uh, Iron Iron Woman match. Okay, that was they actually main evented a takeover. They were billed as the main event. Mm-hmm. If the one we went to uh, of the Brooklyn takeover, it was uh, Kevin Owens Kevin Owens versus uh, Balor, I believe, in a in a ladder match. They were in the main event, but the uh, Sasha and Becky stole won, the show. Stole the show. That championship match stole the show, and everyone was like, "Oh, they should have been the main event." In other words, are you saying? I'm sorry. Are you doing Sasha Bailey? You mean? Sorry. Yes, Sasha so, Bailey. So, to going back, Sasha Becky never main evented nope. NXT. Sasha Bailey main evented NXT Brooklyn 2015 as second to last match. Yes. Had a stole the show. Amazing yes. match. Still one of the best matches I've ever seen. Yes. Next year they did. They had the main event. Uh, or not, was it the next year? Or was it the next show? I think it was. Uh, We're getting this all wrong. No, no, no. It wasn't the next. It, it probably wasn't the immediate next takeover. It was like uh, maybe the one after. You can look up the timeline, but it was it was known as Sasha Bailey two. Yes. And that was an uh, the Iron Woman match. Yes. So they had to go uh, thirty minutes. Um, wh- whoever had the most pinfalls or submissions by the end won, mm-hmm. and it was. Uh, Triple H had come up to them previously and said, you are main eventing this takeover. It was, it was, in other words, this current time period versus back in the late 90s or early 2000s, think, uh, uh, think, very, things have changed. Very, very rarely would you have seen uh, a woman's match main event. I don't think you would ever see a woman's match main event. The only one that happened during that time was uh, Trish Stratus's last match mm-hmm. before she retired. She went against Lita, and they main evented. Uh, I don't think it was a pay per view. I, th- I think they main evented Raw, which okay. was unheard of at the For time. For that time, yeah. Going back even further, um, it was in WCW days. Um, the wrestler, I think I, I mentioned to you, Ron Simmons, he was the first African American champion for WCW. Mm-hmm. And this was in the mid 80s. Um, he's the one that currently, well, what's his gimmick now? Damn. Uh, damn. Yep. And he, he later became a, a part of the APA, one of the very great tag teams of the Attitude Era, along with John Bradshaw Layfield. Um, so yeah, it's, 
it's for it's for the time. Now you're going. You can see it. Now mm-hmm. you can see uh, as. We also saw this past year as well too. There was the first ever. Uh, it was between Charlotte and Sasha, the first ever women's Hell in the Cell match. Yeah, where you where you normally, which was very well uh, executed up until the finish. The finish was crap. I don't remember, and that's why. And that's why, <laughs> that's why you don't remember. The, the match itself was actually really, really well done. And you know that's not a. It's not a knock on them. It, it, once again, it, it attributes to what, uh, whatever the writers. I don't know. Maybe maybe it is a knock on them, as far as not being able to execute the the finishing of their storyline properly. But in this case, I really don't know what has been going on between Natalia and Charlotte, other than uh, Charlotte's fighting for the title. Right. So to your point earlier, I don't think that a match like this or a match like women main eventing anything would have made money in the 80s or the early 90s, 2000s, right? Early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily blame the company for not you know, doing that then because it wouldn't have made them any money and it wouldn't have necessarily been well-received. You need to, uh, and it's a shame, right? Like we wish that this happened sooner. We wish this was never, you wish there were never mud matches necessarily. Professional wrestling, especially WWE, is known for being sl- a little bit behind the times. Vince McMahon being a little bit behind the times like he would book acts uh they played very safe yes like he had kid rock on like pat way past his prime as far mm-hmm. as like oh i want him as my musical guest they had limp biscuit on way past their prime or they they will never really ever take uh chances um they're not going to the, be the, the, only, the, the only, leading industry, although with the network from a technology perspective, they're, they're yeah. doing really cool things. Yeah. But from a pop culture or a culturally significant or relevant standpoint, they're a little late. I will correct that, that during the Attitude Era, during the Monday Night Wars, they it was the era of Shock TV and Howard Stern and Shock Jocks and Jerry Springer. So they And they were, fi- and they were fighting for uh, their stakehold in the professional wrestling world with a WCW with... Um, breathing down their necks as far as the rating wars so they had to push certain things unfortunately they had to push as you said the mud wrestling they had to push uh uh um what's her name sable Mm. and uh another thing that they had pushed was (coughs) excuse me the original carnation of gold dust they they pushed the androgynous you know character like like hearken to sort of drag yep costuming and and almost made a spectacle of yep that and it was and and he was and he was immediately a heel like he he even says in his book um his name his real name is dustin reynolds uh also known as the Rhodes, dustin Rhodes. Mm -hmm. and uh he was talking about how he came out as a character um people didn't know he he would get like a tepid reaction not really a, a applause not really booze but he was supposed to play the heel. He couldn't seem to get people to boo him. So what he did was that he just uh, went up behind a guy and just started feeling him up, you know, acting a little bit, uh, well, a little questionable, and all of a sudden, boos just came out at the time because that's that's what it was at the time. That's where they were down in the territory. They were probably somewhere in the south or whatever. At the whatever it was. At it was the seen. Times. As, it was a seen as a threat. It was seen yep. as a threatening. Yep. Um, so to the the base. Yeah. of WWE, which probably leans mm-hmm. a certain way. Yeah. Or did then. But that's what it was at the times. We're talking like 90. I mean, we don't have to defend WWE's 95. choices. I'm not going to even begin to do that. It's, mm-hmm. 
you know, they literally were like, oh, let's put a guy who's acting like a gay guy and everyone's going to hate him. So yep. let's do it. And that's, you know, I'm happy to see that they've realized that's not, that's not a, a significant, they, you know, they, that can't they happen move, anymore. They, they will either move very slow, they will, they're behind the times, and they will adjust if there's, uh, you know, cultural or political pressure to do so. So in other words, once the rise of Ronda Rousey hap- happened and... Uh, women in, in sports were just dominating, and, and sure, the, at the w- very, Williams sisters. I yes, mean, and they a, were at the forefront. And they were at the forefront. It, it inevitably had to happen, especially with the performances of at the time of, of a Page and an Emma um, in their prime before they um, had their public screw ups. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. Here we go with another sharpshooter from Natalia on Charlotte. So I think one thing to note is that Natalia has a family history in wrestling. Yes. Who was her uncle? Uh, Brett the Hitman Hart. Brett the Hitman Hart. And then obviously Charlotte. My, one Ric one Flair. of my favorites of all time. One of my favorites. So they use the finisher of their family member. Yes. Um, or pay homage to it in some way. And Brett you know, was known for using the sharpshooter, also known as the Scorpion Deathlock. Ooh, and good to counter. Be, yeah, and to be fair, it's not like they use it, I think, to the point where they're riding on the to coattails or the heels. I think they, they pay homage, but at this point, they're both... Yeah. so well established enough in their own right mm-hmm. that they're they're no longer writing mm-hmm. um and the thing with charlotte not only does she use she her move is not the figure four it's known as the figure eight mm-hmm. you know so she hits the figure four leg lock and then she does a back arch and turns the move where normally the, the legs are figure forward and it's uh level with the ring and she'll arch her back and, and twist the legs so the legs are actually it looks like a literally a, a figure eight up in the sky, like if, if I was holding up the number eight as if I was a Sesame Street character. Mm. <laughs> Good reference. Mm-hmm. For you, Warren. For you. Just, you. just so you understand what's going on. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a song, I'm guessing, but it's, it's not the same as what Sesame oh, Street. Oh, there is a song. It's, it's uh, what is that? Oh, uh, one number of the day. bat flies into the belfry. No. <laughs> one bat, fl- no, one bat hanging in the belt. One bat flies into so, the door uh, that makes two bats. Yeah. In my belfry. But wait. Wonder, wait wonderful. Ah, but wait. There's, there's more. more. Uh, so, Bert and Ernie <laughs> have a sing-along. It's called Bert and Ernie Sing-Along. Oh, it's great. By Sesame Street. And there's this thing, Warren. It's called I, Spotify. I, I grew up with that. I grew up with the tape version. My parents brought bought the... And I'm sure it was a generation prior because, obviously, if there was tape, it was most likely out on vinyl. Mm. Oh, it was out on vinyl. Because remember when when Ernie would say, okay, you can turn turn it over now. Yes. And he goes, it's a record, not the record. Turn the record over. Because it was a B-side to it. So, I'm sorry. Go on. Well, no, continue. So, you used to have... You used to carry it around as a a cassette. uh, My little Fisher Price... We have a, a disqualification because Natalia used the chair on Charlotte. And is is there really a disqualification? Did he call it a disqualification? It looks like it. Uh, you heard the bell ring. Did we? I, 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 I heard the bell I ring. I didn't hear the bell ring. I can't so, hear anything. There you go. There's there another bell go. ring. Yep. So in, uh, in these rules, since Natalia used the chair on Charlotte, even though Natalia loses via disqualification, she does not lose the title because you have to lose the title via pinfall or submission. So it's a classic old school heel finish and it's also one of the most unpopular types of finishes and so this is um going to get booed by everybody and it's unfortunate that unpopular as in people like creative finishes and this is not creative it's not creative it's it's seen as cheap it's a way for the 
the heel to get away. I mean, you could say that it raises like the 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 heat or the hate on um, Natalia more. Yeah. But for us, you know, smarter fans, like it would be more interesting if she had uh, won in like another fashion as opposed to DQing herself. I wouldn't mind the DQ if she just spent the next ten minutes trying to hurt her even more. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That, so yeah, given context, give, like, give me something like, else. Yeah, like if you do do a chair shot and then you do something that's really vicious that you go ooh, and it makes you question like, oh, is she all right or not? Then yeah, mm-hmm. we've seen that done with. Uh, um, yeah, Kevin like if, Owens. If, like, remember yeah. when Kevin Owens would powerbomb people mm-hmm. uh, onto the apron where you just go, oh, God. And then you, and then they announce that, you know, in storyline, so-and-so is out for six weeks because of this injury, and it makes you hate Kevin Owens even more. But and I it, also think I like to see when heels kind of lose it. Like, they take mm-hmm. it to that next level of, yes. like, Lunaticville. And I don't think, well, we have it in NXT. We have um, Sanity Chick. What's her name? Nikki Cross. We have Nikki Cross in NXT. We don't have any WWE like girls that have like lost it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be nice to uh, to see that. I mean, I don't know if Natalia's the person to do that, but yeah. it wouldn't, you know, if you just let it go a little bit. Um, what were we talking about prior Sesame to the Street. Ah, Sesame Street. <laughs> um, cassette tapes. I'm carrying the cassette player around and like I would listen to the Burton and Ernie sing-along before I would go to bed for countless nights as growing up as a kindergartner and warren the point was Mm. the cassette okay so the vinyl record that became a cassette that Mm. your dad had Mm -hmm. you listened to like every day on spotify which is an app that you'll maybe never learn about (laughs) because i doubt it'll be around in case you wonder why the songs are so familiar we play it for you we play it for you all the time um and we can play it on it quiets you down on when you're crying it does on, on road trips and the song, the counting song that your father had hummed in the beginning is from that. And for those listening, Burt and Ernie Sing Along by Sesame Street on Spotify would be the term you would use if you had an Alexa or a Google Home. I don't know what the Google Alexa. Or you could look it up. You could look it's it up on, on Spotify. Spotify. Um, you can play it for your child. 30 years later, Spotify is probably not going to be around. I'm guessing that's not the else, case. But hopefully Burt and Ernie Sing Along will be around. And for the and in ad- case it's not around... That song by the count, he keeps counting, and no one wants to count along with him, and so they they go, let's put him in the shower. And I think they it was the first time I ever heard Sesame Street try attempted murder on the count because they actually <laughs> drown him. You hear a <laughs> you just hold him under the shower, and then he comes back like another like five minutes, ten minutes later. Oh, I know the name of the song. I have another one, and he's like. 65 bats hanging and then we're like no not that song again and then the, the guy literally goes oh no back in the shower count and then they drown him they i think i got exposed to waterboarding before i even knew what waterboarding <laughs> was so it's a little vicious there sesame street yeah a it's a little vicious. much there's there's a couple of adult references in there i would highly recommend it um bert is in the shower and Ernie comes in and wants to do a sing-along with all the characters of Sesame Street in the shower while Bert is in the bath. And basically, Bert is stuck and lets you know he's stuck naked in the bath while they're all doing the sing-along. And all he wants to do is get out. With the, he, no, no. All he wants is a towel. Let's, let's, <laughs> yes. All he wants is a towel uh, and his pants. He wants anything. Uh, and he never gets it. He never gets it. There was one point where he's, he's in, in the bath and then uh, people start coming in, David and Bob. 
And then all of a sudden, the door opens up, and you hear the ladies, uh, Maria, mm-hmm. and whoever else come in. And what does he go? What does he? What does he yell to Ernie? Quick, Ernie, what? Quick, Ernie, more bubble bath. I <laughs> <laughs> which I never to this. I never noticed until I guess Jess had played it enough, and she told me that joke. I'm like, you're you gotta be kidding me. Yeah. No way. Nope. Quick, Ernie, more bubble bath. <sighs> anyway, that's so. Yeah, Natalia and Charlotte, you get overshadowed by uh, the Count getting drowned. As it should be. This is, it's transitioning to another segment. You have your comedic tag teams now. The Fashion Police, which is a combination of Fandango and uh, Tyler Breeze, another NXT uh, main uh, like main eventer who, who was just in there forever, eventually made it up to the main roster, and they just really didn't have anything for him and he was floundering around in the mid card as far as the singles scene and then decided to do a tag team with fandango who was also in a similar situation and now they just do an over the top like uh <laughs> did they just come back to the same thing yeah so they did like a old the dream school sequence dream sequence like uh wizard of oz you know smushy television back and forth wavy effects. wavy smushy is my word tonight i don't know and it looks like they're currently still in a feud with the the Ascension. <laughs> what is that? I don't I don't know. So Tyler Breeze, I would argue, is a life size Ken doll. Mm, that's a good way to put it. And uh, Fan, <gasps> go on, go on. Fandango is sort of the Spanish lover boy uh, dancer. Dancer. We actually saw Tyler Breeze when he uh, first started with his gimmick where he had uh, the little selfie phone, right? Yeah, a selfie stick. No, no, no. Even before that, we saw him when yes. he just had the regular, uh, he just held the phone in front of him and on the Titan Tron or whatever, the big screen behind them, it would be him just mm-hmm. modeling himself. And at a certain point during one of the takeovers, which he main evented, um, he comes out and I go... What is that? And you yelled out, "It's a selfie!" He 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 covered a selfie stick in the in the fuzz. He wears like wh- a boa, like he, he tied he a, like boa a boa around the selfie stick. He's he so he's a very over the top male model. Mm. And so he comes out with a selfie stick one day, and, and and like from that point, we're like, "Oh God, you you hit it out of the park with this." Yeah, kid. for sure. Uh, I I don't know much about how they're doing on the main roster, but he had a very comedic match. Uh, a couple of pay-per-views ago. Remember, he came dressed as a janitor? Do you remember that match? Mm-mm. That was actually one of the best comedic matches because everyone was... It was not supposed to be that good of a match. Everyone knew it was supposed to be kind of like a throwaway match. But he's played being a janitor. He, he literally came out in the ring against the Usos. Mm-hmm. And the Usos are ready to fight. And he comes out dressed with a, with a, wig, a bald cap mm-hmm. and a mustache and glasses and a, a mop mm-hmm. and starts just... Walking around the ring, just mopping, and he, he, he just waves. And the Uso, he comes running after him, and then he just kind of like turns around, and the Uso guy like slams into the turnbuckle, backs up, and then he turns around again and trips him with the mop, and the, everyone's going nuts. <laughs> and then the other thing that happened was remember how I said that uh, one of their finishing moves for the Usos is a splash, right? Yes. Eventually they. But well, su- we saw it on the yeah. Eventually they super kicked uh, Tyler Breeze in the face, and they knocked him down. And he's in the middle of the ring. And so one of the Usos gets up on, on the top rope to do the splash. And, and Tyler Breeze just rolls, like, away from him. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and he's like, okay. So he gets down and runs to the other corner, gets up. And then he rolls <laughs> away from him. And that he does, like, two or three times. And the crowd is just going nuts. 
So comedic wrestling can be over the top and effective when it's handled perfectly in little spurts exactly as their team did. And it looks like that was just a promo. I don't know if, I don't know if they actually have a match. Are yeah. They, are they transitioning to... No, not already. It looks like another match is Shinsuke Nakamura. It's the main event, huh? Going against Jinder uh, Mahal. Jinder Mahal. Oh, that's right. I mm-hmm. thought the main event was Shane versus uh, Kevin Owens. Oh. I guess it's probably a co-main event. I don't know. I, I don't know no which idea. one would sell. I don't know which one would sell more. I don't know. I mean, Ginger's Ginger's the the main champion, right? Heavy. Yeah. What are they calling it? Heavyweight. I don't know. Uh, just WWE it. Championship. Yeah. So there's a whole lineage with with that championship, and um, it's interesting that it went to um, Jinder Mahal. But although, from you as a marketing standpoint, you knew exactly why they did that. Of course. Because they're cornering the Indian market. They did that. They, they even had like a whole, they went into like a whole Indian tour as well. I mean, you can't really blame them. I, you know, I would think emerging markets for any global business at this point is an area of focus, um, especially if you're seeing your domestic numbers decline. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they're seeing their domestic numbers decline. Obviously, with the creation of the WWE Network, they're looking to create their own content syndication to own the source as well as to own the content because they know that they are at the, the sort of whims of cable companies, which in and of themselves are on the downturn anyway. So uh, I think it's a smart move now, especially going to India, to China, where you have massive amounts of people uh, who will attend shows and who will potentially watch television. I don't know what the infrastructure is like in those companies from a mm-hmm. digital perspective, but we also know that they make the majority of their money from live shows or merchandise, right? Oh, definitely merch. So if you go to a place where there are, you know, I don't know, I don't know any numbers. Billions. Lots more people than there are in the United States. And One you million get, dollars. Right. And you have a champion mm-hmm. or a set of champions. I mean, just from the numbers standpoint, granted, you can't probably sell them for as much as you sell them here. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't also know, I mean, China, for example, lots of poverty. So I don't really know those people are spending any money. Um, But I think if you're looking to be a global company, especially with doing these tournaments and branching out and seeing the success they're having with NXT 205 Live, they they know they don't need to fill three hours. Mm -hmm. You could have an hour long show or you can have two, you know, do do one show and do two different episodes. Right. Two hours kind of a um like a general hospital model in terms of just a soap opera model in terms of let's get, you know, a couple episodes at once. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think it's smart. Now, I, I see why. I don't necessarily know if it's going to serve them very well here. At what point does it become not relatable? I think Shinsuke has a good fan base in the U.S. because he was on NXT first and because he came up. And he also came from New Japan. He, he was... Uh, prior to AJ, remember I was mentioning mm-hmm. AJ Styles was the best wrestler on the planet. That was Shinsuke prior. Right. So, and I think because, you know, the United States is culturally diverse, mm-hmm. one of the most culturally diverse places in the world, and maybe, you know, I think you can, you get away with a, a person, you know, an in, a person from India and a person from Japan as the main event. You take things like, you know, Asuka being called up. Now, if you had no, if you had no one relatable to the overwhelming demographic, like you got to be careful, right? You have to, you have to diversify enough, but not over diversify, where it becomes like I don't see myself in those people. The little boys want to be John Cena. They also might, you know, maybe they want to be Shinsuke, maybe they want to be Ginger too. 
But which, at what point do you stratify? I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just kind of just saying like you can you can over. It's all right, it's late. You can kind of over diversify too, right? It a while. You don't yes. want to make it like Lucha Underground because Lucha Underground mm-hmm. is Lucha Underground. You don't want to make it like New Japan because New Japan is New Japan. Well, WWE is already WWE, so this is they already know they're in the driver's seat. It's just a matter of breaking right. into new territory. And I also too, it'd be interesting to see the breakdown of their revenue numbers in terms of like their. Isn't it publicly available? It is. I, we just have to look at it in terms of what's their earnings um, globally. But I think it's it's very smart. The other thing that they do too, because since you mentioned China, um, back in the day, I'm sure you saw some of the YouTube videos where they perform live in China, and uh, John Cena spoke Mandarin. Oh, Ch- China, they, China loves John Cena. Yep, and John Cena loves China. Yeah. Because, uh, I think it, it was one of the programs that WWE has available for all their talent, like some type of free training to learn whatever language you want. And then Cena was just like, oh, I'll learn Mandarin. I don't think he really did it just for a pure personal choice. Maybe it was just purely a uh, business choice as well, too, because they I mean, I think in a recent interview, he, well he, st- he'll, he still learns Mandarin. He's still trying to get better at Mandarin. Um, if you saw the arguably one of the hardest languages to learn, I think. Well, I think any of the Asian languages, English and, and Thai, I believe, are are the hardest. I think Mandarin comes in pretty close as well. Yep. And at any point, you can call it because we've been at it for for two hours. Have we really? We've been at it for two hours. It's it's uh, ten p.m. East Coast. I'd like to try and get get to jujitsu in the morning. <laughs> Good luck for the with six a.m. class. Yeah, six thirty though, I, right? Six a.m. Six thirty. It's 6.30? Mm-hmm. I got to look at the schedule I don't know. Again. So, All right, we got to check it out. But in any case, thank you, Jess, for the wonderful commentary. We've done two hours. Hope you enjoyed. And I hope everyone has kind of uh, had some uh, enjoyment with the first edition. You know, we're just trying it out as far as Warren's announce table. And uh, we hope to have more of Jess for future episodes of it or even as a one-on-one podcast episode. We will see. What do you think, Jess? Yeah, I think we can make it work. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Have a good night, everyone.